0: We're going to dive right in. Now, the topic today is ordinances and covenants in Moroni 1-6, through but I think there's a lot more to this than meets the eye, and I want to dive a little deeper. My thoughts aren't fully formed on it, so I might meander a bit, so hopefully, please be patient, and I think we'll find some gems that will help us in our own life, but also help us talk to others and how they, how they can see the importance of, of court, covenants and ordinances. And to preface this all, I will say that most of these times I do a podcast, it's usually a conversation I had or or some a, a string of social media posts that I saw that I want to answer individual people's questions, concerns, or outright objections or doubts. And... I understand, like, taking that method may not always necessarily apply to everyone. Like, what I talk about might be really specific to an individual. But I feel like, for me, that's the best way to target, not target necessarily, but address and discuss certain issues is do that from an individual level. And that might not be more relevant on a wider audience, but so be it. Again, I don't do these podcasts to to publish them or be famous. It's more of a journal, really. And for posterity my my redneck just came out there my hick actually my fur not instead of four anyway so going into it i think that i, I don't know if this has been a case throughout the history of mankind or if it's just a modern thing i i don't know but i do think that there is a current trend whether that trend come up before you know 500 years before or whether it's just recent that there is a certain disdain for ordinances and i think a lot of people modern people think they can be rather silly or rather um silly or i don't know what the word i'm looking for is silly is like the best way i can i can i can describe it but but unnecessary Right, and I, I, think that's come up again and again. You've seen the scriptures. There's people that are like, you don't need to follow these old ordinances. They're just ways to like keep you under control and oppressed, right? But I feel like it's more widespread today, just because maybe behind, like in the old days, there was some kind of mystery behind ordinances because they weren't as well known. But nowadays, with the video and the internet. That it's you can Google basically anything and the mystery is kind of taken away so people aren't as are as intrigued by it and because of that they're also less um they're they're more commonplace and therefore less sacred. And I think that that the concept in itself is neither here nor there, but I I do believe that if they're The less people see the necessity of ordinances and covenants, the less highly they'll regard them, and we do that to our own detriment. So we're going to loop back to that and how that relates to what Moroni is talking about, and we're going to dive into something else, and the two will connect, but it's important that you understand this other concept first, and that will help emphasize the importance of covenants and ordinances, ordinances and covenances. Ordinance and covenants. Can't talk today. So the for the longest time I was taught and I thought that there that our thoughts lead to our actions. And I'm sure you thought or believe this, or probably currently believe this. And because we believe okay, you know, we have the our, our actions arise from our thoughts, so we control our thoughts, so we can control our actions. And I think that's a very commonplace belief or even dogma and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that i actually started to have that until that specific thought that that theory really was challenged and and as i started to apply the opposite of it i realized that thoughts your, your actions are not guided by your thoughts rather your actions guide your thoughts and that's a very, for me, that was a very novel concept for you. You may have already heard this. I might be the last person on the planet to think this, but I truly believe that our thoughts do not lead to our actions. Our actions lead to our thoughts. And then can in turn affect other actions, but it starts with actions. So why am I saying that? Where am I coming from from this? Well, for me, the, the real genesis of that was a, was, was two books. Well, it was a book and then an experience. So one was a book by Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast, and slow thinking, comma fast and slow, and experience, uh, unleashed power of Tony Robbins. And both of those experience both both of those individuals and their organizations really push the actions for four thoughts. Um, Tony's Tony Robbins is your emotion, emotion is emotion, right? And I was really intru- well I was kind of one doubtful because I thought I had always been taught, well, your actions, thoughts precede actions, and I was one. So I was kind of challenged by it, but two, intrigued, um, curious enough to try it out. And here's a couple of here's a couple of studies people have done to help illustrate this point. And so again, a lot of us think our thoughts lead to actions, but there is a phenomenon called priming, and what priming basically. The, the concept of priming is that you have it, your environment affects your choices, regardless of your thoughts or your opinions or beliefs. And you know we think, oh, no, no, people have their thoughts, opinions, beliefs, and those can be, stand free of your environment. And that's true to some extent. I think they can stand free despite your environment. But I think that we have to, I know we have to be cognizant of our environment. And that's probably one of the reasons why the scriptures oftentimes emphasize the point of standing in holy places, because if you're in a holy environment, your thoughts will be holy, right? Here's a scriptural evidence where your actions, right, your actions of choosing to be in a holy environment influence your thoughts, which then can influence further actions. So back to priming. So priming is a concept where your environment affects your decisions, and so they've done a few studies on this. One of the most, well, there's two famous ones. The first one was they took a group of people and said, hey, we want you to test out some headphones. And they had them listen to some kind of message and they said, we want to find where the dead spots are. So in, in, while you're listening to these headphones in this booth or whatever, we want to, you shake your head left to right, left to right. And when, anytime you hear a dead spot, you know, let us know. Or you hit this button or whatever. I don't know the specifics, but um, that was the first group. The second group, the exact same prompt, but instead of saying shake your head left and right, it said nod your head up and down. And we hear a dead spot, like being this button, so we can watch the video and, and find out what's happening. Now, it wasn't actually a study to test headphones. It was a study to see if people agreed or disagreed with the message they played. So after they played the message and some time passed, they said, "Hey, did you agree or disagree with that message?" And a statistically significant portion, regardless of background, religious, you know, religion, belief, uh, political affiliation, etc. The ones that shook their head left and right disagreed with the message, and the ones that nodded their head up and down agreed. You know, so basically if you nod your head up and down, regardless of the message, you're more likely to agree with it. If you shake it left and right, that that bodily action, that that movement made affected your belief, your decisions, really. They did another one, I think it was in Central Park. Where these people had to pass through this this one area and to get to this other's this other part. And there was like a blind corner. And on one corner, they there was just a, a random stand giving out coffee. And they would give some people iced coffee and some people hot coffee. And then people would turn, go, keep walking, and they'd go a little ways, and there was these people that looked different, they were not they looked like they were not affiliated with the coffee stand that were asking questions. And people that got iced coffee almost always answered in a negative um, scents, and they, the answer is like a yes or no question they asked. And the people that had a hot cup of coffee answered yes. So it was really interesting how like something warm or cold could affect your environment. Uh, stores, stores do something like this also with like scents. They'll test out different scents in a store. And like, I think it's vanilla and cinnamon have a higher likelihood of to make people buy in a better buying mood versus other, like a citrus or whatever. Anyway, that we we can go on and on, have a field day with these studies, but, the The point of this study is trying to prove that, yes, we, we have our independent agency to choose, and th- it's not saying there's not like variance with people in those studies, but it is saying that we are affected by our environment more than we would like to think. And I, I, I am not a neurologist, I am not an expert in it by any means, but I would dare say there's a fair body of research out there that puts forth the hypothesis that... Our subconscious brains have more like brain energy put towards them or have have more capability than our conscious brains and we're not 100% sure how all that subconscious works And, and from a spiritual sense perhaps that subconscious is tied to our spirit and we just we just don't know everything that happens in there you know but whether you take a religious or a scientific standpoint, either way, there's a lot going on we don't know, and I th- a lot of our decision-making, a lot of our thoughts, come from a part of our soul or our brain that we don't understand. And hopefully I haven't lost you with covenants or ordinances yet. We're going to come back to it in just a second. But despite whether you know either the religious or the scientific experience, like reasoning behind it, it doesn't matter. Because people, wise people, have observed over the millennia how individuals that put themselves in good, positive, holy situations make good decisions. And people that put themselves in negative or derogatory or evil situations tend to make evil choices right regardless of their inherent nature and i personally believe that's because our environment affects us more than we would like to admit and the second part of that is that now 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 let's say so that's the first part the first part is our environment affects us more than a bit the second part is we can actually choose our environment that's the crazy thing for most of us sometimes again there's circumstances outside control i get that but for the most part we can choose our environment and we can choose our actions and let those lead our thoughts now how the heck does this apply to covenants, ordinances prophets and apostles and even the savior himself understood this very clearly, and they did not fall into the trap of thoughts lead to actions. It's actions or environment lead to thought, then lead to action. And that's one of the reasons I believe that Moroni put these scriptures in of very exact ordinances. They're the actions we partake in them, the actions we do, and the words we use. Because there comes a point in our lives where we want to change. We want to make our lives better. We see the value in, in getting over our human nature, our frail natural man. But that's a very, very, very hard thing to do. And we need help, as much help as we can get. And one of the ways we can help change our nature is part, by partaking in physical ordinances that give us physical reminders of what the change we want to create in ourselves, the ideal we want to reach for. And so it's important for like, I I can't, you can't understate the value, the importance of our physical like bodies and how those what happens and our senses in those bodies and how that affects our thoughts. And so it's important when we're talking about the sacrament, we have exact phrasing and we physically eat something and drink something because that does something. that, that, That action that we take then affects our thoughts, which then affects subsequent actions. It's important to have hands laid on your head. you feel the weight you feel the importance of that and that affects how you perceive and later on apply that action in your life it's important when you're baptized that you feel that you go under the water and back up and there's exact words and phrasing to help create change within us and that's just one part of the recipe right the other part of this recipe is the actual grace part, right? Because there, there's a lot of ordinances in any religion and there always, almost always, is some kind of physical sense tied to those ordinances. And that's because that physical sense is what helps create lasting memory and change because it ties an emotion and a physical reminder to the change you're trying to make. But over and above that, there's also grace. There's a grace that may not necessarily come during the actual administration of that ordinance, but over time, that that ordinance helps point us towards the grace we look for our, in our Savior Jesus Christ. And that's ultimately what changes. And outside of the scientific or even the religious like reasons for covenants and ordinances, there's, there's a grace available. There's, there's a power in those ordinances, it's just, you can't, it's hard to find words to explain. But when I, the initial reason, when I saw like, oh, we're t- let's talk about covenants ordinances, you know, we, we could just talk about the ordinances or covenants experiences themselves. But I think it's important, especially in this modern, co- modern day, to one, understand some of the reasoning and the value behind those from a scientific perspective. Honestly, that doesn't really go that far because science is so transitory. But also to have but to find actual value in, in, in the ordinance itself. Like there's there's value in that. And the value is that it's a teaching tool that God's given to us to help influence our actions through our actions, not necessarily through our thoughts. And that's really important for me that's, that's, there's a huge like breakthrough in my ability to make better decisions was to realize my thoughts actually are like are conscious but there's subconscious down there that I have no idea what's going on. So if I just take action right if I don't want to work out if I just work out you know if I don't want to do work if I just physically get up and move or listen to music and then do work if I don't want to go to church I just like put on a tie and then all of a sudden I'm there at church right? If I take an action first that will influence my thoughts and then I'll be able to take all well, those good thoughts from good actions will lead to even better actions that that's like a huge takeaway for me and I think that's one of the key ingredients on why ordinances are so important um, even though we know what they are even though we can watch and see them even though we know we like they're repetitive it's still important to participate in those because that's what keeps us disciplined and like on the straight and narrow and, and going back towards are on the path to becoming like our Heavenly Father.